Okay. We ready? We are ready. Um, okay. So there are just some things that I would like to discuss with you, Hannah. Um, Get it off your chest. Honey. During these unprecedented times, there is many a moment where I find myself with a lack of individuals to gesticulate with and speak to. Just right. me and the dogs. And they don't respond in the way that I'd like them to most of the time. So They lead very busy lives. Um, they, I'm hardly penciled into their schedule. They're, I'm alone constantly. So I, I noticed myself just saying things. And normally like, I'm not aware of this, but I was listening to a podcast recently where they mentioned how interesting it would be and how horrifying to put a microphone into everyone's home while they're like alone during the pandemic not even just the pandemic, but like the things you say to yourself like, alone, you know. how terrifying it would be to like, listen to that. So I was like, I want to try to be more cognizant of the things that I say. So first thing that I noticed, I was doing something and I knocked a candle off of the counter. And what I said was, mm, okay, I don't like the attitude. So let's readjust. So that's the first thing. Um, the next one, I couldn't get my contact to go off of my finger onto my eye. So I said, I just want to see, is that so much to ask? Then the next one, which I think we can all relate to, honestly, I was trying to put on liquid liner to do my wing. And before I started, I did some deep breaths and I said, okay, it can sense fear. Move slowly. <laughs> um, this next one is just singing with a bunch of question marks. So I guess I was just doing that. <laughs> and then finally, I was, this was just yesterday. I was using Google Maps to get somewhere and she told me to do something. And I said, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> You know this, but I name my Siri because before I moved here, I wanted to acclimate myself. And by that, I mean, get as much distance from America as I could muster while still being in America. Mm -hmm. So I changed it to the British guy talking to you all the time. And so I named him Nigel. And okay. Nigel and I have long conversations in the car. <laughs> um, if he's telling me to turn, I'm like, Nigel, there's a car. <laughs> Third, can you not the car? Start with me. Don't come for me today. Speaking of which, I have had a little extra sass sprinkled all over me. Ooh. I'll tell you why. Okay, tell me. I'm always late to viewing parties. I always watch things after people knew about them. Mm -hmm. They had been had known about them. Like mm -hmm. I'm always that guy. So I I'm I'm late to the party. They've been new. We're over here in not knowing land. It's me. Um, so I started watching RuPaul's Drag Race and I have been wanting to start, to be honest. I will tell you, it is a dangerous path. <laughs> okay. Number one, I started it at season 12 because Whoa. I wanted to go the one before the one right now. Basically, if it's going on right now, do I care? Do I like it as it is? Because mm -hmm. I only want to commit to going back and watching seasons that have gone by if I yeah. like it. Yeah. I don't want to start at like season one and then be like, oh, and then they're like, no, 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 no. It gets great at season insert season. Ten. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'll just watch the most recent season. If I like it, I will commit to going backward. It has done so much for my life okay. um, and not all of it positive. So I am super sassy in general. I know I'm way less sassy than Emma in the sense that I don't aggressively come after people with sass. It's more like there is an opportunity upon which a sass could be placed. And I just delicately Please put it there. right down. <laughs> I'm more like fall through the table. I'm like, here we are. Get the elbow yeah. ready when they go in the wrestling moves, you know, like pat it. And then I just- The Miley out. Cyrus wrecking ball comes to mind. <laughs> so I, I was, I'm already a sassy person, but 
watching this show gives me so much new language and so mm. many new catchphrases. Okay. And my husband is not. <laughs> so I was saying something the other day and he did something sassy because he is, he is the captain of Oh, you know, right. I, none of you guys know her husband. I've met him. I don't pick him for sass. You would never see it coming. It is so, he's the dark horse. Like you would oh. never see it coming. And then once you get to know him, he is very personable he's sassy like I'm the introvert in the relationship and he's the extrovert you think the opposite right Mm -hmm. so he was doing something sassy and I went the nerve (laughs) (laughs) and I I got him from that show and he was like you need to stop (laughs) the other the other other day we were talking about something and (laughs) I know it's a different other day we were talking about something and he was being sassy and I was like the disrespect and then about 20 minutes later guess what my boy said the disrespect but he said it with a British accent so it's way funnier (laughs) essentially it's given me a lot of new words and now walking around the house I not only talk to myself in these kinds of voices but I also talk to my dog in these kinds of voices it's just it's a whole thing so like I can't remember what exactly happened but my dog was doing something terrible and it's my husband's dog so I'm his stepmother we're a blended family and (laughs) I I was basically like the shade of it all (laughs) I love that one I love that one so much have you heard no tea no shade, no pink lemonade yet. Yes. I love know. it. Yeah. Ugh, I love it. So number one would recommend to a friend. Number two, prepare thyself because if you are sassily inclined, then oh my it, God. Will, it will ignite a lot in you. There is a certain person that is in trouble if this is to proceed this direction. So, but that's not for right now, listeners. So, uh, plug. Yeah. so I would say there's there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there's a lot of sassy phrases there's new language so I've learned kiki which is like chit chat I was almost gonna say we can kiki about a few things kiki like k-e-k-e k-i-k-i okay kiki we can kiki and then the other thing is like extending like syllables like a reverb so I was gonna say instead of late to the party late to the party arty arty because the one thing they do all the time is they'll be like I'm serving body yaddy yaddy to like emphasize it. So that's a song also. Body well, yaddy 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 yaddy. I assume it comes from drag influences. I assume so. So now everything in my head is like hilarious puns and sassy voices and it's it's getting out of control. So, so I will, during my time alone, because I spend so much of it that way, I will probably be annotating these moments for the next, I don't know, a thousand episodes probably. For your auditory pleasure. Sorry. You're welcome. Also. Oh, I hate that radio show. (laughs) My mom used to listen to it so much. Uh, No, I don't think it was a trans-regional thing. I think it was just an Ohio thing. I've heard it in Georgia too, though. Really? It was an evening radio show and it was horrific. It was one of those like advice radio shows. And she was like, Delilah. (laughs) And it was just... I can't even think of what she talked about. Love, maybe? She took advice, or took questions, gave advice, and most of it circulated around relationships. Let yeah. me save you the time. Leave him. And then I've actually been remiss. I have okay. waited for this since Christmas because I got it on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is for the podcast. This okay. is a gift. Wow, you've been waiting. 
a gift. A gift. You know what I'm like, I, I didn't know what you were saying. <laughs> anyway, so I got it from my sister-in-law, who, as I've mentioned before, is a sex therapist and oh, yeah, she not be surprised. Clitoris. May we all revisit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at Clitoris. <laughs> she gave me a book. It's a little okay. book. It's cute. And it is Sex Tips for Husbands and Wives from 1894. It is. Whoa. Cool. So okay, I will me. read you just a few. Okay. The wise bride will permit a maximum of two brief sexual experiences weekly during the first months of marriage. Most men, if not denied, would demand sex almost every day. Still true. As time goes by, she should make every effort to reduce this frequency. It's <laughs> like a woman with a book. <laughs> sex, when it cannot be prevented, should be practiced only in total darkness. <laughs> I don't want to see you. You don't need to see me. We don't need to talk about it. Did they have any fun back then? Apparently not. And finally, a wise bride will make it the goal to never allow her husband to see her unclothed body and never allow him to display his unclothed body to her. So stay tuned, little pink book. She'll be back. I'm be excited that um, we'll have to keep going until we run out of tips and then we can just make up our own, so. Yeah. To be honest with you, I disagree with most of them, so. Um, um, I'm a little shocked by that, honestly, Hannah. <laughs> you <what>? know? <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I think that's all I want to say. Okay. Well, then I guess we're, uh, ready to kick it off. Okay. I am Hannah. And I am Emma. And this is the transcontinental T. The T across two continents, making it transcontinental. Ta-da. You get it. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to explain it again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Only one more time. I hope that everybody saw the story that I posted from BuzzFeed because it was hilarious. I was so laughing good. on the floor. It was so good. It was basically two, like, you know, the eye mouth filter on Instagram or is it Snapchat or what is it? Old. I don't know what the, the eye mouth filter. I don't know from which social media it came. I'm going to assume Snapchat. Okay. Well, there's that or TikTok's got it too. So people do it on TikTok a lot. There's a filter that basically puts the eyes and mouth of your face on a background. It's like Um, a potato head, like a. Exactly. So there was a map of England and a map of the US and they were comparing things to say and it was great. (laughs) Sidewalk. That's quite simple then. (laughs) Walk on the side. So I put (laughs) sidewalk. (laughs) It makes sense to me. So America, I'm deeply upset with our lack of progress. Progress. (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. Well, what are we going to do this week, Emma? Well, we we're going to really go outside of the box here. Hand here's the box. We're out here. (laughs) We're way beyond the box. We were like, get out of the box. We ran from the box. So (laughs) every time she says the word box, please take a shot. It could be mouthwash. It could be alcohol. Whatever you feel. Uh, we're going to be doing an opinion sode, which I know you're thinking, guys, you never give your opinion. You never tell us how you really feel about anything. Well, you're so soft-spoken, reserved. Truly. I mean, you guys hardly know anything about how we feel about things. So we're going to change that with this episode. Now, it is kind of a happy accident that all of the things in our sip section that we're going to talk about start with C. But if you know anything about me, once I start on a theme, I really want to see it through. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to go halfway. Mm-mm. Imagine if there were three C's in a T. You just, no, you can't out. do that. That's, that's anarchy. 
Yeah. Speaking of voices, I watched again late to the party, already, already. Um, I watched <laughs> a lot of videos, like videos on Netflix. I watched movies okay. on Netflix <laughs> because that's what they have. I watched multiple movies over the weekend, and one of them was the Eurovision movie. And okay. if you don't know, it's the story of the Icelandic team who goes to Eurovision, which is basically like the best song contest. This ever. is the Will Ferrell and movie. Like, yeah. So Eurovision is like American Idol, but on yeah. crack and each country sends a team. So it's almost Olympic. It's very Weird. funny and very cool. But all the, all the bands are like wild. Like they, yeah. they're very strange. So the story is of Fire Saga, these two people from Iceland who went all the way. Mm. I said most of the movie speaking in a quote unquote Russian accent, because one of the main characters is one of my favorite actors, Dan Stevens. I just kept yelling out Dan through like the whole movie. <laughs> And my husband loved that. Uh, yeah, I know. So, I'm like, you don't know. I'm like, he played Matthew and Downton Abbey. You don't get it. <laughs> I was watching the movie and the whole time Dan Stevens is a Russian character. So he's speaking in a Russian accent. He's like, I like them very much. <laughs> so I just can't talk like that. And unfortunately. That's what you're sounding like. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately my husband only has one accent so if you think i'm bad at accents his is like oh i was going to like sean connery that's, <laughs> that's the one he can do no matter who he's impersonating it's it's just sean <laughs> well at mr hannah's husband my heart goes out to you one love <laughs> so so um i guess we should hop right into our teeny tiny cups for a little bit of tea of the week tea of the week Tea of the week this week is obvious. If we did not talk about this, what in the world has happened to us? So if you guys don't live under a rock, you know that the United States is kind of like... I don't even have a comparison for how insane this is. Do you have anything... Yes, I've been using Libya all week. So oh, yeah. everybody's been like, this is unprecedented. And I'm like, ah, really? Because a lot of people have barged into government buildings at Latin America several times. Middle East <laughs> has entered the at, chat. <laughs> at the Middle East, they have also been had, done, had theirs. So I think the biggest thing is like, yeah, but usually, just quick note. Usually, that's because they're upset with um, the current leader, and that's in this case, it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, interestingly, it's not because legally yeah. Biden won the election, so they are upset with the current leader. <laughs> they just don't uh, that's know true. It. They just yeah. So, let's intro what we're talking about. Just to be super, super, super clear, mm-hmm. the mob. We will not be too political. The mob is an actor. There was a mob. A mob who began a protest i don't think they were quite inside dc they were like adjacent trump gave some sort of speech and they they were all in attendance so i don't know if it started at a rally or if it was a planned protest that then turned into a bigger protest yeah etc they started in some grouping and then moved onward to several buildings in washington dc specifically capitol hill Mm -hmm. this mob of primarily white people decided to enter the Capitol building. I think they got into the White House. They got into a few other federal buildings, pretty much unhindered. And I don't mean that as like 
the police didn't try. I mean that as the police moved back the barricades in some of the videos. Mm-hmm. Like, here you go. Ta-ta. So what we are talking about is our opinion on that. And basically just briefing you on, on our conversation because we were on the phone talking about it. My, my mom had to tell me, I didn't know because obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I turned on BBC and sure enough, there, there she was. So what were you thinking? I was thinking, and you know, I try to stay moderate in all things. I don't like the bipartisan concept. I, I think that both sides have issues. Let me just make it clear. I fall on neither Democrat or Republican side. However, um, I do look better in blue. <laughs> I, I do look better. Actually, I look better in red, which I kind of hate. But um, no, I just I think that both sides have been quite hypocritical of one another in how they've responded to riots that devolved from protests. However, that protest started. So you know, in the summer, we had riots that began from BLM protests, and the right side condemned them. And now we have this and the left side condemned them. But my issue with it is obviously the response to the riots from law enforcement. Any one of those people storming, I mean, a woman did die. Like, like, let's make it clear. Like she was a white woman, as far as I'm aware, she died by being shot. And so it's, it's, my issue is that not that the police didn't use rubber bullets and tear gas. My issue is that there's obviously ways to de-escalate without using those things. And they, in my opinion, did not consider those things during the riots that came after BLM. Sure. And what's worse, robbing a Nike store or storming the Capitol? I want to talk in a second about the social media response, but there were a lot of great like memes. Such great memes. Oh Um, my God. about, About this whole thing. So I will say like, anytime I talk about it, I have these like cold goosebumps of something bad's happening. I think yeah. watching it was not surprising and completely shocking in the same breath. That's exactly what you mean. Yeah. And at least for me, so I, I don't live in the States. And to be quite honest with you, even when I did live in the States, I was not one of those people who chanted USA. And it's not to say that I don't like America. It's just to say, I don't have that nationalism in me for mm-hmm the US. I I was not, uh, it was not like that as a kid. It wasn't something that was trained into me and then trained out of me. It's just, I've never really meshed with American culture, hence Mm -hmm. why I moved abroad. And I don't have anything negative to say about the States. I do have opinions about the States, but I don't wish it ill. Sure. You know what I mean? But I think watching this is exactly why I left because people ask me all the time, like, why did you leave? Why did you leave? And for a lot of Americans, um, we've said this in other episodes, it's like completely impossible to understand why you wouldn't want to live in America. This is why it's because if you tell people for long enough that you're the only thing that matters, this is what's going to happen. They're going to step all over people's rights and freedoms in multiple categories, not just the protesters. And they're going to show you what it looks like like absolute selfishness in a bubble. And that's what the protests look like. That's what the law enforcement response look like. I, I, I can't believe how black and white, pun intended, the response was yeah. between white people and people of color. Yeah. And I told my husband, he was like, how did they get through? How could this have happened? And I said, because they're white. And if you don't believe that, then hunty, you're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> but but aside from that, <laughs> they immediately. No, but genuinely, like if you don't look at this and go, 
this is exactly what everybody was talking about with the Black Lives Matter protests. It's systemic racism Mm -hmm. on parade. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't see that, if that wasn't your takeaway, then I don't know what you were watching because it wasn't, let's compare and contrast the protests. They're completely different. Mm -hmm. One protest is protesting for human rights. This was, let me take a joyride and a free tour of Capitol buildings because I sit in Nancy Pelosi's seat and And threaten people with guns and what? And and get out. Okay. Like, uh, and to me, it's, I think they hesitate to maybe condemn what happened because they, maybe it's like, there's a certain view of their own that they don't want challenged or you know, maybe it's like hard for them to believe that people who support the same values as them would be willing to do something like this, but it's, it's right there. It's hard when an ideology lets you down. And I don't yeah. just mean that for conservatives. I mean that yeah. across the board. If you believe in something strongly and you see that there is another side to it or that it isn't all that you thought it was, that's really hard to swallow. And yeah. I think a lot of people who are on both sides of the aisle, when these things happen, not to, again, not to compare the protests, but to say when law enforcement reacts differently in the in similar situations based on the color of someone's skin, especially to this degree, both sides of the aisle say and do the wrong thing sometimes. Uh-huh. And I think watching that, it's hard for people to say, I am partly wrong or I am wrong for agreeing previously with this because I didn't consider that. Yeah. And yeah, I think if you watched that I was completely incredulous. I, I didn't, I didn't know how to feel, but I also felt sadness and mm-hmm. anger yeah. because I've had the, I've had the privilege of having to educate myself about racism mm-hmm. and I haven't experienced it myself. And sadly I have had to watch and understand from completely the other side what it looks like to be oppressed and to be brutalized by law enforcement and to be afraid of police and to watch that opposite side of that coin playing out on national television was heartbreaking. I just think your view as an individual, not you, but in an individual is doing themselves a disservice, especially as a white individual by not looking deeper into these things. Because if you're like us and you have like a faith-based, you know, moral code, then you understand like, if you're looking at it through the eyes of that faith, whatever it is for you, there's probably some pretty clear cut um, guidances on how you should treat people. And for you to sit back and say like, you know, BLM is um, out of line for the X, Y, and Z. And these guys are out of line, but then there's just like nothing for me to talk to you about. I could not with people who were responding with, were they looting? No. Were they rioting? Literally people stole things from the Capitol. I would just want to point out. (laughs) Kidding me. But that's not the point. Right. Nobody in the BLM protest ever stormed a federal building to my recollection. Mm -mm. The last time that any of those buildings were violated, it was in the 1800s when the British, what up, were (laughs) literally burning (laughs) DC. So I don't think you can say this is apples to apples if you have. No. semi-sane brain. But I think the other thing to look at too is like, what are you going to do with this? So I'm going to say, I fully expect most Americans to not change much based on this. Mm -hmm. And this should really shake you. Like this should really look at, you should look at yourself and go, what am I promoting in this country 
to allow this to be legal. There were no arrests. So how can I, how can I do something? How can I change? Because ultimately it's not about condemning the mob people for me. Like people are wrong every day. People are wrong in varying degrees every day. People make huge life altering mistakes every day. It's not about that. It's about how can we change things going forward? Mm -hmm. How can you educate people who are so blind and so blinded by prejudice that they don't understand the basic right and wrong? And I think everybody can agree on that. I, I personally think there's not too many people who would tell you there's no basic right and wrong. There's no basic human rights. And so if you can agree on that, then stop voting for people based on what they look like, what their party is, how flashy their suits are, what they can give to you and start voting for them based on the integrity of their character. Yeah. And I think that's a huge fundamental shift that I hope happens in U.S. politics. Do I think it's going to happen realistically? No, because I think most Americans are still very caught up in, I'm the most important thing, I'm the most important person in the room, and whatever else the world is doing revolves around me. And when you tell people that for 200 years, of course you're going to get completely out of touch humans. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I don't want to extend this too long because we have many more opinions on a little lighter of topics for you guys. I'm not going to get too deep. But I just, I personally am not optimistic. I tend to be sort of pessimistic in general when it comes to these things, because I find uh, humankind, which I recently learned is more inclusive than saying mankind. So I've been trying to like consciously change that rhetoric. Humankind are, are obviously inherently flawed and you are essentially probably stuck in your ways from how you were raised and the viewpoints you were raised with. And to change that is both uncomfortable and it's sort of heartbreaking sometimes, you know? So I went through it. I think that there's probably a lot of generational differences. So I think like Gen Z get it to like, you got to like really kickstart this thing because the millennials are not doing as great as I had hoped. So the one thing I do want to say that we said we'd talk about was the social media response. And for me, the biggest takeaway was I watched all the influencers on my feed are you saying something? Because to me, mm-hmm. silence is unacceptable. An That's an answer in itself. Uh, you can't just paint pink over everything and hope that it'll be all right. Like yeah. you need to say something. And even if you don't know what to say, then be listening and reposting other voices and, mm-hmm. and be an active participant in our society and the world, because it's not just America in a bubble. It's connected to the rest of the world. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody watched and reacted and, you know, I'll be honest with you. There, there were a lot of, wow, this is classic America, Mm. written all over the international community's faces. And you can't really disagree with them. You can't. You, as to me, as a person with any size platform, whether that's two people that follow you or 3,000 people or 3 million people that follow you, you should be using your voice to say at least what other people have already eloquently put. If you're not coming up with your own content, that's totally fair because there are other voices who are probably way more educated on this topic than any of us. Put them out and put them forward. Um, And then I just also want to say, like, I probably haven't said this enough on my social media in terms of I have a private page, but still, I haven't said enough what I want to do about it because I'm upset. And yes, I want to call attention to it, but I'm not just leaving it at upset. I don't hate the people in the mob. What I want is change for them. What I'm praying for is change for their minds, change for not their politics, but change for their position on the value of other people and the value of security, the value of 
integrity. That's what I'm thinking and praying for rather than I want somebody to go from Republican to Democrat. I just yeah. think that's I think like the, I, the, the party idea, I would just love to drop. Like let's, there needs to be sort of like a unification of the two, like meet in the middle where I am. I'm in the middle. It's fun here. It's, you know, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. A light jacket is all you need. And it's, to me, it's the difference between seeing black, white, and gray, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm in the gray zone. I like it there. Um, I don't know if you can hear what's going on, but my neighbors are apparently like tap dancing. So <laughs> It sounds like a cha-cha. Um, just to bring some comedic relief, one of the things I saw on social media, one of the influencers that I follow, she reposted some of the videos from the news. And there was this woman, I, I hope she was on something, but she had like really wet hair and she had like some weird flag draped around her. And the news anchor was like, why did you go in the building? She's like, of course I went in the building. This is a revolution. She really did have a Southern accent. I'm not taking the mick out of anybody in particular. And the social media influencer was like, get in your corner, Katniss Everdeen. I will say like the, you know, I'm disappointed in a lot of American culture a lot of the time, but meme game is super on point <laughs> all of the time. Well, as I've said before, stupid's always funny. That's true. So moving quickly onward, <laughs> I would like to go into the next segment, which I'm sad to say may have a shorter run than any of us would have believed. Emma, yeah. over to you. Okay. It's Emma's beef, y'all. Hey. Well, Han, I have monumental news. News of the highest degree. Okay. I am off the apps. What? 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 Because I have met someone. I am shook, just as much as you are. And you, listener, I'm sure you're like, what? But you just started this segment. Well, don't worry. I have an archive. She has saved. I have saved many a conversation. Not for this purpose initially, but now I've like definitely added some into the mix. So. Be with honey for years to come. Um, just a quick note. Hi, Nikki. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe you said his name. I'm so shook. <laughs> I told him I would, so. What? Yeah. I told him. I'm sorry. I told him. Uh, I so we normally would have come up with a name for You're right. Nope. Kind of like a reference, a nod to them, if you will. Yeah. So when bad. we weren't sure though, right? Like that's like when like we were in like a, there was more than one. So we needed to reference them. Yeah. And also to preserve like a modicum of their integrity and privacy, but that's fine. So <laughs> if I had to give him a nickname, I. A nickname. <laughs> that's it. That's right there. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love that. Um, anyway. <gasps> At Nick, sorry, we're usually funnier than this. <laughs> um, we're doing our best. Um, anyway, so I had a, before I met him, or I guess probably on the day that we had initially started talking, and of course I don't put all my eggs into one basket immediately. So at this point I was still on the apps and the apps. Um, and there was a guy that I had matched with previously on Bumble a while before who had been in New York at one point, but then he like lived in Georgia and I was like, condolences. And 
he messaged me one day and he was asking to bigly like sexed with me. And I was like, you know, that's just not really my thing, but yeah, I'm sure you'll find what you're looking for on here. No big deal. Um, and he said, like, he, so he got a little pushy, but I was just trying to be funny about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull up what I said just real quick. Okay. So I took some screenshots because on these apps, people can't tell that you screenshotted. So it's always safe. It's not like Snapchat. Uh, so like I said, he said not to be forward, but do you ever sex with people on this? And I was saying like, that's some Tinder shit. Get out of here. This is Bumble. Like you don't do that here. Um, At all of our non-existent sponsors. Sorry for the constant swearing from I am doing my best. I'm really sorry. Once you guys start actually monetizing us purple oven mitt, I will. At purple oven mitt. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, so he says, some of being pen pals. And I told him, no, I'm not interested. I don't do that. And he's like, we could be like pen pals. I don't want to do it with anybody else. And I was like, but what would pen pals entail? Like, are you going to like get carrier pigeons, strap the notes to them? I was thinking we could go old school. Via writing. (laughs) No, I really wanted to go old school. Like my pigeon sends him a location where he has to go and get the letter. So there's a little bit of, which contains the details of the, I mean, sexting yes. I was gonna go with crime and it wasn't it's not that but it's close so I told him I could get someone to pretend to be me if you'd like you can use my photos they do it on Instagram all the time so easily I could have someone impersonate me and he says like no it's not what I want I told him I'm firm in my stance I don't want to do this and then he says that's fair and I respect it obviously spoiler he did not respect it uh, he says, would you send pics similar to the ones in your profile? And I was like, my Instagram is linked. I don't need to send you pictures. That's why my Instagram is linked. But what does that even mean? Like similar? I don't to the know. I don't have, and like, I don't have, one, one, it's Bumble. So you can't have promiscuous photos to begin with. And it's just me. Like, it's literally every single post I have on Instagram. Those are on my Bumble, just in different order. Like they're all right there. And he's like, well, you get compliments if you did. And I was like, okay, but then you would ask for something more revealing and then it would turn from compliments to sexting. And as much as you're going to tell me that won't happen, it's going to happen. If you give a mouse a cookie. So he's like, is there any way I can convince you? And I said, no. And then he goes, humor me. What's your favorite position? And so I say, asleep in bed. That's mine. Emma, you're stupid. You didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I personally prefer to be in the outfield. I just think it's less stress that way. <laughs> Me, I love third base. Huge fan. <laughs> Seven. Okay. <laughs> no, I meant baseball. <laughs> I was making the baseball reference than you did, but it was a good place to take it. So we joked about that because it was funny. He's like, oh yeah, me too. And I was like, hey, we're all human, you know? Sorry, I just muted my microphone, gesticulating. I'm so excited. <laughs> So he says, so it's like, we have our favorite position in common. And I was like, this sure does seem like sexting, doesn't it? And he kept going like, come on, it's late, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was like, shockingly, still no. And then he said, throw a dog a bone. So I decided this was a great time to use a gif of Scooby-Doo eating a bone. Right. And then I just stopped responding after that. And he kept sending me like question marks and things like that. So I just thought this was an interesting encounter because it was well beyond the bounds of respecting my decision to be firm in my stance, which I was very polite about. I could have been much more aggressive towards this man, 
Um, but I didn't. So, and then the next day I deleted all these apps anyway, or maybe on Monday or something, but it didn't matter. But I screenshotted it. I definitely posted it to Facebook. Post it on the podcast, TCT, Instagram. Oh, I will. It'll be a little slideshow for you guys. I would say though, in response at scumbag2254 on Bumble. Wow. How'd you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. How did I guess his username? What did the time have to do with it? Like pre five, you're like really strong in your convictions. And then as soon as five 30 hits, you're like, woo, whatever (laughs) goes. I think there's this idea that you're probably as the evening goes on, you start drinking or something, or you become like relaxed. So it's like, Ooh, loosey goosey. But I gotta tell you, I'm never loosey goosey. Also at what's wrong with men. Where do we start? I I will never get over that um, <laughs> that meme that you posted. <laughs> we put a man on the moon in 1969. Oh, why, why did we stop, stop there? <laughs> I'm gonna put all of the men on the moon. Oh, uh, what did you come up with? Your you did something, and I I answered you on Facebook, and it was like what to call all oh, of these right, messages. Right. Okay, let me pull up the list because when I posted these photos. Hannah and I are talking about my memoir or something like that. Um, yeah. So I'll find it. Okay. Hannah asked me what I, uh, she said, I hope you're saving all these for your novel. And then we were saying like, well, what, of course I have them laminated. And she asked what I would call it. And here are some options that Hannah provided that I would like the team's input on. So the first is how to completely alienate women and support the implicitly broken patriarchy. In 10 days. In 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> In 10 days. Men are from Mars. Women should have sent them back home. Um, Big fan of this one because I agree. And the third, which is probably the most accurate, a series of unfortunate messages, online dating without hope. So team, which one should I call my novel when I eventually, honestly, I would not not do that. Compile a list of my worst dating app messages and release like a mini book or something. That'd be hilarious. That triple negative means she would do it <laughs> just <laughs> decode that for you it's not something she would not do so i'm just saying okay um emma's bees is gone with the wind already so that's sad i will continue to um do it for as many screenshots that i have and i have many so. long may they continue i think it's time to sip on this i agree it is time the tea is exceptionally good today. <laughs> Who made this? Mm, very delicious. Okay, so like we said earlier, this is just an episode of our opinions. So we literally came up with a bunch of topics that some of them were suggested to us. And basically we were like, okay, let's just give our opinion. And we were going to do individual episodes. And we were like, you know what? No, let's not stretch this out. Let's smush them into one opinion sode. So the first topic of our C topics. We hope you see our side of things. The word of the day starts with a C, which should have been letter of the day. <laughs> but it's okay. Back to you. <laughs> so, Cannabis. Cannabis. Also known as marijuana. Marijuana. Mary Jane. Marijuana what? <laughs> uh, okay, so I have never personally done the cannabis before. And I, I think, you know, I've never done it because I said done the cannabis. So <laughs> that wasn't obvious. <laughs> my choice of phrasing. <laughs> uh, so, but all of my friends, okay, not all of my friends, 
a large portion of my friends have engaged in cannabis activity and I personally don't have an issue with it. I'm not interested in trying it. Just, I, I would not seek it out if I were with people that happen to have it. Maybe I'd try it if the circumstances were right. And I was in a group of people that I trusted. Uh, but I just think it smells bad is really my only issue with cannabis. Like I just think it stinks. So if I were to do it, edible form would be superior. I have to tell you, if you've ever been around me, which most of you haven't, but don't worry. (laughs) Um, if you've ever been around me when I smelled weed, there would be no doubt as to my opinion on weed. It is in my opinion, one of the worst smells in the entire world. And there's always going to be one person who's like, you haven't smelled the right weed. Yes, I it have. Smells the same, I have smelled everything I need to. It smells worse than a skunk. I would rather be sprayed by a skunk than have to sit in a cafe full of people smoking weed. It's disgusting. That's it. Mm-hmm. I personally don't love habits that force you to change the chemistry of your brain. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, alcohol does that. Yes. In a different way, alcohol is also a disinhibitor. It also lowers um, your reaction time. It lowers your decision-making abilities. Yes. Weed physically, just like many other drugs, can change the wiring of your brain. So I just have no desire. And besides that, the smell is disgusting. I, I personally, I think there's a lot of escapism in weed. I think there's a lot of coping and... I have no problem with it medicinally. Mm -hmm. If you're using it as a pain treatment, I don't have an issue. Just like I don't have an issue with people who are in hospitals who use morphine, like that's fine. I have an issue with it when normal people wake and bake or use weed habitually, because to me, you're you're getting away from something. Mm -hmm. It tends to be the undercurrent of like, oh, I just smoke weed every day. I'm I'm repressing something and I need to get out of my own head. Mm -hmm. What are you repressing? How can you work through it? Because I just think generally, like, you'll be a happier person if you stop hiding all of your stuff under a rug. And it's not easy. But if you just face it and you're like, this is what I'm dealing with, your life will be so much better than if you keep trying to stuff it down bottles or blunts or whatever else. I would say that's probably true for a population of any sort of drug use, no matter what it is, alcohol, cannabis, harder stuff, you know. I'm sure there is an element of escapism for a portion of people in general. I just don't care. I'm kind of the opposite of Hannah in this that like, I don't really have an opinion on it. I think I used to have a really strong opinion when I was younger and I was definitely in a more like steadfast religious environment. And uh, the majority of the church that I went to was like, we bad. And now I'm just like, I just don't care. I don't think it, it grows naturally. It's kind of whatever to me. I think it should be legalized because the idea of people going to prison for 40 plus years for having a gram of weed on them while murderers and rapists walk free, I have an issue with. So that is absolutely different to me. And I think it's insane. The criminalization of more readily available street drugs and the completely disproportionate rate of high level designer drugs with the same sentences is bananas to me. Yeah. Like, there is no excuse. If you are anti-drug, you should be anti-drug. You shouldn't be anti this drug, but that drug can go to prison for 400 years. What? Like, Does no. It, and I mean, that could, you could really draw that back into a conversation about, you know, at our previous conversation, <laughs> yeah. but we won't. So. The justice system at the justice system, fix yourself. 
So, but yeah, I, I, for me, it's not like a judgment thing. It's not a, I don't like you if you dot, dot, dot. It's just, I don't ever want it and I don't want it around me. Sure. So you are entitled to that. Yeah. Past that. No judgment, boo-boo. You do you. The next topic is equally cheery. (laughs) COVID! (laughs) So the reason that we wanted to talk about this specifically is my husband was like, Hannah, you're so opinionated. Like, stop. Thank you. Uh, notice he didn't say that your opinions are great. He just said, you have them. <laughs> but he basically was Honey. like, you're so opinionated. You should really talk about COVID because he and I have different viewpoints on it and I'll explain his, but I th- thought it would be really interesting if we talked about it too, because a lot of people, at least that I talk to are very one note, like they have the same opinion as me. So it's really not that interesting, but looking at the dichotomy of views and especially with the ramifications of what your viewpoint could lead to, mm-hmm. I think it'd be a super interesting opinion. So Emma, what's your opinion? My opinion is that it is real and it's serious and I can't understand why we've politicized it. I'm not surprised that it's been politicized. I just don't understand why or how you can look at an, a medical professional and say, you are wrong and Google is right. COVID is not a big deal. Meanwhile, hundreds of thousands of people are dead. Yeah. That blows my mind how you can look at that and say, it's not a big deal. And there have been a lot of references back to pre- plagues of the past, you know, diseases of days gone by and of people who were once again in a pandemic where they had to wear masks. And one woman had a sign that said, wear a mask or go to jail. I, I personally can't understand the concept of like my rights when someone tells you to wear a mask to enter their establishment because their right is to refuse you service for not adhering to their protocol. So, so once again, America the bubble, the actual verse for America the beautiful. America the bubble is the only nation that I know about that is not just taking it seriously. So in the UK, for example, pretty much everybody is either on the bus of you need to wear a mask. You need to stay home. You have to take this seriously. It's a disease or I don't like staying home, but I understand the seriousness of this disease. And I will wear a mask in public. We don't really have an anti-mask faction. I don't think there's much of it anywhere else in the world, to be honest with you. At me previously, when you tell people that they're the most important, this is what happens. Anyway, my thing. So in the UK, as with most of the rest of the world, there's kind of two hats that most people wear one of. Is it one One feathered hat? Yes. And that would be mine. I always love a feather. We flock together. So (laughs) the, the first hat is you take the rules really seriously, either because your zodiac sign believes in rules, because you understand the weight of the medical consequences, you know someone who's died, you are just inherently a law-abiding person, you wouldn't want to break rules, or you know someone who's in the NHS, which is our health service, who is constantly working 14-hour shifts, 15-hour shifts, and having to decide between people. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) medical care here is free, by the way, so that's why they have to make those decisions. So people have universal access to healthcare here, which means if you're getting a cancer surgery and you have a COVID patient who needs to have surgery, you have to go which one is going to be the more risky to leave for a couple of hours. So anyway, or hat B, which is the non-feathered hat of, I understand the disease. I just think people should take their chances. I, I just think, you know, I'm happy to wear a mask when I go into a store. I don't love it, but 
I should be able to meet with my friends. I should be able to go on a trip if I want to, because it's my life that I'm gambling with dot, dot, dot. But that's not true. Agreed. So (laughs) my position on it, and I think science's position on it is you are not, (laughs) what? (laughs) You are not gambling your life. You're gambling someone else's life that you may not have even met. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that you are not taking your own risks because you are. There are people who are dying of this in every single age category. But in addition, you're possibly condemning someone to death who has an unknown underlying condition. Not everybody knows that they have a serious medical condition. Uh, They are vulnerable. And the only thing that they have to do is get groceries and you done touch groceries you know, with your hands, not even like licking them. I'm not saying that you're being crazy, but you're just literally exposing people. And the less precaution you take, the more people that are likely to be affected. And so there are a ton of COVID patients right now. There are a ton of people who are fighting for their lives. There are people who've lost people. I don't understand. And this is where my husband and I differ. I don't understand how you can be that insular, that myopic, that selfish, to Mm -hmm. not realize the impact that your decisions have on other people. Mm -hmm. You are not the most important person in the world. The world does not revolve around you. The sun is not orbiting around you. It's you're a tiny piece of a giant mosaic that is a ton of people and each one of those pieces matters. Mm -hmm. Each one of those people matter. And so if you can do one thing, stay home, wear a mask, wash your dang hands, whatever, like do that because how dare you put your life and your petty demands mm-hmm. over the value of other people's lives. So literally my husband and I have had several discussions about this. I would call <laughs> do you want to call it negotiations. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, I'll argue argument, you. you're not sure who's right. And I know that I am. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, as far as I'm concerned, it's, um, it's an education. Yeah. It's aggressive negotiations. No. So we differ on this because he took longer to get to that place, partly because he wasn't as educated on the issues, because if you're not looking for the information, it's not going to hit you in the face. Like you have to do research. You have to understand what's going on in the world and what this disease is doing and how it functions. But also he is of the mind that if I want to see my friends, the government should not be able to tell me I can't see my friends. Mm -hmm. I will wear a mask in public. You know, I'm happy to wash my hands and use hand sanitizer, et cetera but you shouldn't have the ability to restrict me going to a pub or me hanging out with my friends because you're concerned with someone else's life that may or may not be risked by me doing that. So we had a very divided household for a while on it and we came to a compromise, which was we're going to follow the rules. And so here's my one thing that I will say, if you are a person of faith, which my husband is, I don't understand how you could not think other people have to matter way more than the things that I want to do. Other people have to matter way more. Do I miss going to restaurants? Yes. Do I miss going shopping? Yes. Do I miss traveling? Heck yes. Yeah. Does that make me and my needs and my wants more important than someone else's life that I may not even know? No, it doesn't. Yeah. And everyone keeps bringing it back to, you know, like governmental control. And as far as I'm concerned, like, I don't think of it as like a, they have their claws in me and they're like, you must do this to me. It's someone has to care about the masses and those people will likely be the face of, you know, your representation. So 
if you're not protesting speed limits, I don't expect to see you protesting COVID because it's the exact same thing. You're limiting someone's freedom to protect the majority of lives. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you're doing. Now, granted, one has greater consequences. One has a way bigger medical impact, but the other one kills people. Mm -hmm. Like speeding kills people. That is a proven fact. You can look at the statistics online. So if you're not out there with your little signs and you're waving banners at a speed limit sign, don't be at a COVID protest. the rest of the world. I saw this tweet and it's, well, after this, we'll move on to the next one because um, we've spent quite some time discussing, but I saw this tweet about someone um, who in the Capitol stole something and they refused to wear a mask. And someone was like, imagine refusing to wear a mask, which would protect you from the theft that you just committed. Imagine. I, I was crying at all the people who weren't wearing masks and I'm like, of course you're not. Of course you're not. There, there is of course you're in a giant crowd of people not wearing a mask. Of there course is, you're there. There's a direct correlation between the two. So anyway, what's next? <laughs> College education. <laughs> We're just rolling in hot with these. Okay. So this should be a little bit lighter. <laughs> uh, this one, I, I have mixed feelings on because I think that higher education in general has definitely become mostly a scam. The amount of debt in at least America, people go into to get a quote unquote higher education is astounding to me in complete robbery and trade work is severely underrated. You can make so much money doing that and you don't need a degree to do that beyond like high school or GED. So, or like a trade school, there are still a lot of trades. Sure, yeah, there's education too. Yeah. yeah. So, to, but that's, but it's a practical learning experience. You're learning how to do a skill that's setting you up for success. What am I doing in college right now? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I am writing term papers about philosophers against each other. Why did this philosopher believe that? Why did he believe that? Why do I care? I don't. Why do you care? I don't know. Fun fact, the first Harry Potter movie in Britain is called the Philosopher's Stone, not the Sorcerer's Stone. So you got to dumb it down for us. All I was thinking about when you were talking was stone. Also, <laughs> we really love alliteration. So I will say <laughs> I live in a different part of the world. Mm-hmm. College education is much more accessible in Europe than it is in the States. And part of that is because they how can I put this? They put a lot of legal emphasis on human rights and universal access, mm-hmm. and it's important to them. And education being one of those. So in the UK, for example, you go to a four-year university, you have to pay back the loans, but it's proportionate with your income. So if you're not earning any money, you're not paying back any loans until you start earning money. And then it grows only proportionate with your income mm-hmm. and there's a cap. So after 15 or 20 years, I think it is, you stop paying off your loans. Contrast, my sister graduated from Ohio State and she graduated with $125,000 of student debt. Crazy to me. I did all of my four-year education while I was in the military, except for one semester. I'm still paying for that semester in student loans and I didn't pay anything for my tuition assistance or my master's because I had the GI Bill. So now one semester at an average school, I don't know how, I don't want to say average. I don't know what it is compared to Fordham, but an average semester for me here is about $13,000. My semester was 11. 
So like 11.5, uh, but you're not just paying for that. You're paying interest, right? Mm-hmm. Because each of those loans is a loan. It's mm-hmm. not an educational grant that you're paying back over time because right. the school loans you money. It's a federal loan that you're being charged interest for every single year. Wild to me. So, uh, yeah, it blows my actual mind. And furthermore, this is something I've talked about before. I don't understand why a degree beats practical experience. I think there is a downside to placing too much emphasis on a degree. I think there is value in getting higher education. So I'm kind of dichotomous in my viewpoint. I mean, I I think you should value learning and knowledge. I think that that should be an integral part of your life and you should seek it out. But who would you rather have at a job? Someone who went to a four-year university post high school and they got a degree. So technically they were specialized in that or someone who did that job for years and has the experience necessary to do it. I would, I would want the practical experience individual because they know what they're doing. For me, it depends on which field you're talking about. When you get into engineering, when you get into sciences, when you get into medical professions, I don't think you can say practical experience equals education. Well, no, I think most career fields, you can say yeah. when you have enough practical mm-hmm. experience, it should weigh about the same as education. Sure. And I think that you can see that in internships across the country. Mm-hmm. There are tons of people who get an internship after a four-year university and they don't know anything, even though they've studied for the job that they've got versus someone who has done that job for a year now as an intern. Yeah. And then they're not able to get that same an entry level job because they don't have an education. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm just like referring to my specific situation when I say these things. I know. I am. <laughs> I am. But when it comes to like medicinal professions and things like that, well, there's, you can't be a practical doctor. Like that's not a thing. You don't just figure it out. That's to me a totally different situation. Definitely requires, I want you to have as much higher education as That's possible. where I'm like, I think most people go like, no, I really <laughs> like you to go to school. <laughs> like, but I'm talking no, about I for jobs. I do garage surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> The guy lost his so all much practical experience. Okay. Here's <laughs> the steak knife. Uh, no, I'm definitely, please let me reiterate. I am not referring to jobs that require <laughs> a, a sort of um, actual learning experience to know what you're doing. And I knew that you were talking about your situation, which is why I threw that I'm still on her. Because yeah. basically... One of the upsides to being in the military, there aren't many. One of the upsides is One of that you get quote unquote practical experience in a job. Now, granted that job could be completely irrelevant to the rest of society, sure. but some of them are translatable. And so when you have one of those jobs, many companies that would take you on want you to have a bachelor's degree. They don't care how much experience you have doing you know, architectural design for the Navy if you don't have a bachelor's degree. The same holds true for most companies in general, like a bachelor's degree is kind of currency now and it's trending towards master's degree as this is what you require to be competitive. Right, but you're not matching the salary to that amount of education. No, and I will also say I have a master's and I still have not been able to get into the career that I want to do. I wanna be a psychologist. Mm -hmm. I still have not been able to transition because it requires practical experience. And I had to do distance learning because I ain't got no money. So I had to do my education while I was still working full-time in my current career field. So there's no, I don't have any clinical hours. So I have to now 
which it's not a bad thing. I'm excited about it, but I have to register as a volunteer to get clinical hours mm-hmm. so that I can apply for a job yeah. that I actually want that I'm educated for. It's the process is nuts to me, you know, like uh, in that sort of case, you obviously want a specialist. So I, I, you know, I'm not disagreeing with the process, but yeah, there are just some, it's my issue is the non-negotiable attitude of the workforce with this concept, you know, because I, I don't know if they've gone to college, but a lot of the time, no matter what your field is, there's so many options within that field. So I study international studies. I, I have 20 plus courses available to me and I need 13 of them. So I can choose any single one that I want, which might not at all be related to the job that I end up doing. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Now we're on to the light topics. So I hope that you've all had a nice deep sip of our deep topics. We're going to move to the shallow end. The next topic Emma did not know about. So I'm going to explain it in case okay. you all don't know about it either. It's called a capsule wardrobe. Yes. A capsule wardrobe is essentially, it's not minimalism explicitly, but it's minimalist. Yeah. Uh, so what you do is you have like 30 to 40 pieces of clothing total. I don't think this includes underwear. I'm happy to say that you can have as many of those as you want. General pieces of clothing, jeans, tops, dresses, shorts, etc. Those 30 to 40 pieces are all that you have. You don't buy new clothes seasonally. You don't buy new clothes with trends. You basically replace what you have or add like one to two as needed, mm-hmm. but you don't, you don't keep buying. So the, the purpose of it is to lower your footprint Fashion has a huge waste output and fast fashion, especially, I mean, ignoring the human rights context, the sweatshops, the unequal pay, et cetera. There are also huge environmental ramifications for fashion and the fashion industry in general. And there are a lot of brands that are going cleaner, but as a universal, like global culture, we consume a lot of fashion and this is an effort to curb that. So Emma, what's your opinion on capsule wardrobes? And at Emma, would you have one? Um, okay, I definitely don't have one. Uh, I don't have an issue with it. I just don't see myself doing it personally because shopping is an outlet to me. So the inability to do that, I, for me, I'm just going to replace one wasteful footprint with another in this case. So I would love to become more conscious and um, I, I definitely try to shop thrifting and just do use like you know because new is definitely like as Hannah was saying um a huge waste component uh but I really like to thrift because I find a lot of cool pieces that uh you would not have otherwise found and I like the one-of-a-kind aspect of it so that's kind of where like I go towards versus only having a certain amount of pieces because my mood changes so often with what I'm wearing that I don't I would I don't want to limit myself necessarily so I like the idea a lot. I think my capsule would have to be like 50 to 60. No, I don't think I can. I don't think it's like a capsule there. anymore. <laughs> no, it's a very large container. Like one of the oh, ones that they ship. Like a Rubbermaid. The yeah. But I, I, I just, I love the idea of it. I think my problem with it is that I end up trying to express something in my mind, like a vision of how I feel in what I'm wearing and that's not like super conceptual couture that's just I feel like and then I put an outfit together and if the outfit doesn't match that feeling in a weird way I feel out of sync with myself Mm -hmm. so 
what I do try to do is shop sustainable. So I, I want to make sure that the brands that I'm supporting are eco, that they're aware of waste, that they're, I, I don't buy anything that is quick anymore. So I don't do, if I do ASOS, it's because I'd like to piece for a while or I need a specific item. It's not like a haul that I decide, you know, I want 16 new tops and I just buy a bunch of random ones. Yeah. The other thing that I would like to do is to, keep everything seasonal. So I have quite a lot of jumpers. Oh, I love sweatshirts. I love sweaters, oh, everything. Winter is, as you know, my time to thrive. So I'd like to put clothes away seasonally so that I feel more connected because often when I'm in my closet, even though it's organized, I'm not seeing everything that I want to wear. And so I'm thinking that I don't have enough clothes. The problem is that I'm not connected to what I need to be wearing at the right time of year. So, yes. So I don't know what else to say about it other than I am not a minimalist by any means. So I was more of a maximalist. So as much as possible at all times. That's me. Actually, you should trade. I'm not exaggerating. (laughs) So I'll let Emma introduce the last topic because she came up with it. And (laughs) she's looking at me like I'm going to die. So what I suggested. Now I kind of want to toy with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna start you on like a completely random topic. Cameroon. <laughs> uh, start with the C. What? Cardio. Oh, cardio. <laughs> right, cardio and the lack of it in my life. Okay, here's my thing about cardio. I hate it. It is the bane of my existence. I think that there's much too much, much, whoa, much too much emphasis. Must to must. Must to must to musk. <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon Musk Musk. Okay. I think there's much to, em- mu- oh my God. There's this TikTok video of this girl who's trying to like say a phrase and she can't say it. She's like, do you think that it, what? She's like having an internal moment with herself because she can't say the word. That's just what happened to me. There is much too much emphasis placed on cardio within the fitness community as far as I'm concerned. Everyone heralds it as the way to lose weight. And it's true. You will lose weight because you're literally forcing your body to go beyond its normal capacity to burn fat cells. Here's my thing. I think that a lot of people abuse it. I certainly did. I used to be a cardio bunny. I ran six plus miles a day. For what? I don't know. Because I wanted to be skinny. But here's the thing. So there's low intensity steady state, which will actually make you maintain that over time because you're basically forcing your body into starvation mode. And I don't like it. I also don't like high intensity interval training because it makes me feel like I'm dying. So (laughs) my version of cardio is just to lift weights faster and it works for me. So I will say my attitude towards exercise has completely changed in the last few years Mm -hmm. from a weight loss mindset to a wellness mindset. So I was a cardio person. I was a cardio bunny because I know for my body, if weight loss is the goal, I cannot do that physically without doing cardio. Mm -hmm. I can lift as many weights as I want. I will not drop a pound. And that's for good reason, because when you're lifting weights, yes, you are replacing fat with muscle, but muscle weighs more than fat. So you're, if you're, if weight loss is your only goal, you're not going to do anything except for piss yourself off. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I, want to exercise a lot. So like three to four days a week to me is a lot for a normal human Mm -hmm. in an organized way and about five to six days a week total 
in a disorganized way. And what I mean by that is I do like an online class that I follow with resistance bands. And (laughs) can I tell you, if you laugh at a resistance band, which I did, I did a resistance band workout and I'm, I've been lifting weights for the last like six months. I used to lift weights every day for like three years. Mm -hmm. Do not sleep on resistance bands. (laughs) I went and I was like, this is going to be the easiest thing in the world. It's like pulling a string. No, no, no. I was like, (gasps) like I I was dying. And I'm like, how are you doing this? What witchcraft is this little rubber band? (laughs) I use those. They are so great. Every time I get ready to do a lift, I use those just to like get myself stretched out. They're so great. I love them. My approach is now I want to do exercise to enhance my fitness for myself. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I am healthy, that I am happy, that I am moving my body and I'm enjoying it. So the way that I do that is ballet style power sculpt with resistance bands. I enjoy the heck out of it. I feel great afterwards Mm -hmm. and I walk. So disorganized would be like walking, um, going for long walks is one of my favorite things to do. So going for like a long walk two or three times a week and then doing two or three fitness classes. And that for me is the balance that I want because I used to have a really unhealthy mindset where if you don't work out six to seven days a week, you're failing. That's not healthy. If you want to work out six to seven days a week, that's great, but you shouldn't do it from a pressure standpoint. So I really want to keep growing my mindset into this is who I am and I'm embracing that and I'm moving my body to support that. Not I'm moving my body to change who I am, to change how I look, to change how I feel. Mm -hmm. And, and there are some people that genuinely enjoy running and they're called psychopaths, but we have a word for that. It's called criminal, <laughs> I, but I accept our life differences and, um, you know, some people are Ted Bundy. Some people are, <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I know a lot of people who enjoy running. I get the idea of enjoying running. I think I am not genetically set up for running enjoyment because all of the many white people that came together to make me, most of them were Swiss or very, very Northern, like Scottish, Irish. Mm-hmm. We are not, we're not a running people. I have to tell you. And the reason we're I know surviving that, the winter kind of people, you know, the reason I know that is because my leg muscles, my hips and that booty is set up for withstanding. It's not set up for like Truth. quick movements. No. The idea of trying to run from wild animals, such as cheetahs. Right. Right. I think the biggest thing for me is like, stop at cardio with assuming that it's not fun. Like Mm -hmm. there are cardio activities that you will enjoy, including walking and walking is cardio. And if people tell you it's not just kick them out of your friend group, honestly, delete their name, delete their number, delete them from your life because you don't need that negativity. Um, (laughs) But genuinely, like there are so many ways to do cardio. I would be shocked if you didn't enjoy one of them only to say, you should be moving your body. Your body was designed to move. So whatever that looks like for you, if that's taking five walks a week and never touching a weight in your life, great. If that's running, sorry. If that's skiing, my condolence. <laughs> but whatever it is, like it, your body's designed to move. So I think there will always be a cardio that you enjoy. Yeah. At Zumba. I like to swim. That's mine. I love to swim. Yeah. And, and you enjoy it. It's not coming from a place of fear where you're like I have to swim (laughs) (laughs) yeah so speaking of like just a real quick anecdote I had no hot water the other day (gasps) 
uh, the boiler was off because the boy, I don't know why it was just doing its thing. She was like, I'm just taking a break. I'm just, mm, just, I'm on my time. <laughs> Bye. But of course this came at the time that I needed to take a shower post gym. Uh, let me tell you that I found out the hard way that there was no hot water. Ooh. And I have renewed respect for everyone who fell into the water at the Titanic. You don't check with your hand before you get in. I, 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 I was is the answer. <laughs> I usually do. But at this point I was like, cause I had, usually I check if I started and I'm like waiting, but at that point I started it and then I had other stuff to do. So I was like, Oh, it'll heat up while I'm doing X, Y, and Z. It did not heat up while I was doing X, Y, and Z. It did not. No, so I was in there. I was like, cursing i was just like put, like putting my head back in the water and going as quickly as possible and it was did mess. you know there's a goop episode so if any of you remember 100 years ago back in 2020 the goop series that went on to netflix there was an episode about the cold master he i can't remember his exact name but he's this guy who's like trained his nerve endings to ignore cold which is scientifically impossible he's just wild you can't do but that. No, but basically he has trained himself to withstand very cold temperatures. So he does this thing where he encourages people who follow his program. He's a life coach to take a cold shower every morning, like ice cold, no. like icy water, Titanic water, ice, ice baby. And every single person who got interviewed was either part of a cult or actually enjoyed it and said, hundred percent. It has changed my morning. It wakes me up. I have never felt more alive and they do this thing called the horse dance that I love to do. And it's, you're pushing your hands back and forth. Like, so your palms, putting them face to face, like palm to palm. This is more like a, like a slope movement, not a horse movement. Yeah. They call it horse dance. I don't know. Okay. So you push your palms in the opposite direction, kind of crisscrossing them and you have your feet planted and it like gets you ready for success. It's like the superhero pose when they, okay. I don't know if you've ever read those studies. This is a huge tangent. <laughs> There are studies that if you stand with your hands like fists on your hips in a superhero quote unquote pose for about five minutes, you are, I can't remember the percentage, but more likely Laughing to be at successful. Myself? You are more likely to be successful at whatever you're doing next because you have set up basically a positive mental attitude. I think a lot of that is psychosomatic. 100%. Anyway, people take ice showers every day. I think that they Back are, to you. They are so insane. I don't. I don't know what to say to them. I disagree with your life choices. Get help. <laughs> and that's a pretty <laughs> happy note. I hope you see our side of things. <laughs> agree with us or else. <laughs> the letter C. <laughs> um, so brought to you by the letter C. Thank you. That's what I tried to do earlier. And then a word but, starting. <laughs> which is. The word of the day, also C. As in, see what I did there? <laughs> Let me slide out the door. <laughs> that doesn't start with a C. I know. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things that Jim Gaffigan does in like his Netflix special. Oh, I love Jim Gaffigan so much. I hate that guy. Why is he talking? <laughs> he did that voice for two hours. That voice is so stupid. Um, all right. Yeah. I'm Hannah. I'm Emma. Oh, that's the tea.